there are numerous midrashim that people think are in fact midrashim when they are not actually midrashim. We don't have a lot of time, so I'll just go through three examples. The first is perhaps you've heard of the medrash that we are like dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants. This is actually not a medrash. The earliest time that this was phrase was coined was back in the medieval era by somebody by the name of Bernard of Chartres. And it's come into the Rishonim, Achreinim, today that everybody thinks it's a medrash, but there isn't actually a medrash. What's interesting is to try to understand how this medrash was developed. And to me, it seems that this medrash was developed because of the fact that people saw in the idea of dwarves standing on the side on the shoulders of giants two aspects that we view as very important in halacha number one and the Messiah number one in relation to basroi halacha ke basroi we always go after the later ones we always go after the later generation when it comes to halacha but why if like the Gemara tells us in haim if the earlier generations were like the angels, then we're B'nai Anoshim. But if they were B'nai Anoshim, then we're Chamlarim. Not even like regular Chamlarim, like, not, not even like the Chamlarim of Pinchas Ben Yor and Chinim Ben Daisa. Most likely that's not correct, and like in Martin Chavez, it's most likely like the Messiah Sashas points out in Serbius and the Minyurkas, like Martin Tainus. But in any event, not even like those fancy Chamlarim, but rather like regular Chamlarim. That is to say, how could it be a halacha kibasroi if, on the other hand, we say that we're like donkeys compared to the Rishonim? The answer is we're dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants. So even though we're nobody, it's still a basroi because we have all the extra vision of standing on the shoulders of those that came before us. Second matter to mention is in relation to the famous Tiferes Yisrael at the end of Kedushin. The Tiferes Yisrael at the end of Kedushin brings down a medrash that Meshur Abenu was once sitting for a uh, an artist who drew him and the artist took the picture and showed it to the various different enemies of the Bnei Yisrael and they had a picture red and they said this person cannot be Maishu Rabbeinu he has to be some uh, thief, he's a robber he's a murderer, he's, he's somebody terrible, it can't be the leader of the Jewish people because this person doesn't seem to have any good redeeming qualities and they they sent this person back to get the real drawing of Maishu Rabbeinu, the real portrait. And he came back to the Machna Yisrael and he told Maishu Rabbeinu that the painting that he had painted, which was 100% correct, was being denied as possibly correct by by the external enemies of the Jewish people because they said it can't be you. They said that the person, the Mashiach Yisrael, the Mashiach Yisrael is, is close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's a spiritual giant. How could it be um, having lines on his forehead indicating what a terrible person he is? And Maishu Rabbeinu, as it were, according to the Medrash, so sort of, you know, gives a krecht or a laugh and says, that's not even the half of the chesrenis that I have naturally that I was able to overcome. This is not a Medrash. Its origins are Greek fable that, that they say about Aristotle. How would it possibly have come to the Rishonim? How would it have possibly become a part of our tradition to say something like this about Maishu Rabbeinu? I think again the answer is simple. You know, Rabbi Shlomo Salanter says it's harder to change, right? It's harder to change one mida. Right? You can learn a whole shas, and that's easier than changing one mida. One mida is the hardest thing to do, and yet, and yet we always tell people that this is 
What's required to be successful in life is to work on our natural selves, work on our meters, and tone down what our nature might be presupposing us to do. And we know how complicated it is and how difficult it is. So as a way of sort of giving people strength to be able to say, look, it's doable, it's possible. Even Maishra Rabbeinu, the greatest of the great, was able to do something like this. Remember what the Rambam says in the end of Hilchus Shuvah, that while we can't become another like Moshe Rabbeinu, everybody has the ability to be a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu. We're never going to be as smart as Shlema Melech, you know, given the potential. But whatever potential we have, we could make, become the biggest tzaddik in the world. And we can work on ourselves, and in that way, control what our nature uh, presupposes or predisposes us to do. And this medrash, or would-be medrash, helps to go and show that Moshe Rabbeinu did that. And the last thing I would mention is in relation to this week's sedra, we talk about the various animals that are Tomei and Tar, including the Chazir. And everyone's heard of the Medrash of the Chazir being Chazir. There's no such Medrash. There are Medrash that come potentially a little bit close to it. For example, there's a Medrash to Hillam that says that that HaKadosh is going to make things HaKadosh is going to make certain things uh, become more Tar for us in the future. But the idea that the Chazir is Chazir, there is no specific Medrash about that. And again, the question is, even in this Medrash Tehillim, which is not necessarily 100% correct in Medrash, where's the idea that the Chazir is going to become kosher? The Torah says it's not kosher. So again, this most likely comes from the, from the notion that everything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu built in this world is a way of getting closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So nothing is truly irredeemably bad that can't. And therefore, this kind of a notion that makes even the Chazir kosher, lost love at least, was able to get... A place. And the earliest source for this, by the way, is actually a revush. It's not a medrash. Have a good Shabbos.